This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 8.15, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today the 10th of August. And this morning, we're going to be talking about heart health, and we have cardiologists on the air with us this morning from St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital right here in Murfreesboro, Dr. Leecha and Dr. Saad. And I don't know if I, am I pronouncing the last names correctly? Yes, awesome. Absolutely. Good, Thank good. Thank you. So I, I guess starting off, let, let's talk a little bit about what, good heart health actually means and what are some things we can do to i guess better our heart should i start so uh, thank you for the invitation it's an honor to be here so heart health is a combination of many factors uh, it starts with lifestyle which is the most important aspect of prevention lifestyle includes exercise keeping a healthy weight and trying to stay away from stress and uh, eating right um, that also involves keeping the heart risk factors under control, including blood pressure control, smoking cessation, diet, blood sugar control, and uh, cholesterol management. And obviously, staying active and uh, trying to um, uh, stay as um, you know, active as possible and having an active lifestyle. Again, with us this morning, Dr. Haida Licha and Dr. Walid Saad from St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, both cardiologists here in town. So uh, eliminating stress, you know, that's one of those tough ones in this day and age, especially with COVID and everything going on. So are there different ideas or pointers to people on eliminating some of that stress? Well, uh, you know, when we when we talk about stress, it's a very vague, very like uh, uh, large uh, topic. Uh, everyone has stress in life, you know, even uh, outside of COVID. But with COVID, everything, you know, changed. Uh, changed. Um, in the last two years or so, even in our practice, you know, we, we, we had to change our practice a little bit just to overcome stress from COVID. Uh, De- definitely changes for sure. What are some of the changes that you have seen within the medical setting that have, you know, have had to be made because of COVID? So, uh, you know, first when COVID started, you know, we had to uh, limit our practice in a way that, you know, to uh, maybe to, uh, f- first of all, to try to avoid any, any more transmission of the disease, but at the same time to make people more accessible to health care without putting them in danger or in uh, so uh, the practice in our practice and, you know, uh, in cardiology, we have a lot of emergencies. So we had to limit elective cases and we had to focus more on more, st- uh, more stressing, more uh, acute, uh, acute disease or more, more acute illness. So, so a lot of the more pressing cases, I guess, were the ones that w- went first in, in a lot of situations. And is that something that is continuing today? Well, uh, no, we, 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 I think we passed that, uh, that state. Uh, however, you know, in the last few weeks, we start to, to see uh, a, a rise in our uh, cases and stuff, but we're still maintaining, you know, I think our healthcare system is still in good shape right now. And Dr. Lisha can, 
can uh, talk about this issue as well. But I think we are in better shape than when we started first uh, during COVID. Uh, because first, you know, we, we did not know what, what the virus was and what, what kind of uh, problem we were uh, face, facing. Uh, but I'm hoping that whatever surge we're having right now is going to fade away very quickly. Otherwise, we may have to go back to our, unfortunately, our old routine. Now, Dr. Alicia, what are you seeing today as far as uh, COVID numbers? Are we seeing a, a big resurgence in the numbers with the new strain that's out there? Yes, that's uh, very uh, alarming, obviously. But the, the good news is that uh, the large majority of people are vaccinated. So the number of hospitalizations and number of deaths related to COVID has really dampened significantly when compared to the initial rise. And uh, actually, you know, uh, there was a recent article that showed a comparison between the countries that, that were not privileged to have the vaccine and uh, the Western countries. And the surge in cases has been similar, but the hospitalization and deaths have been significantly more than 20 times less in vaccinated countries. So that's the positive aspect of it. And of course, you know, it's, it's important to stay very, you know, um, it's important to, to um, follow your physician's recommendations with regards to the most updated guidelines on treatment of uh, the COVID. Uh, there are a lot of advances that have occurred over the last year. But um, so far, I am pretty optimistic that we'll get over this, uh, this wave. So do we know what kind of an impact that COVID has in the long run on the heart yet? Or, you know, I, I guess heart and lungs are two of the big things that we're hearing a lot about with COVID. Yeah, so the biggest worry about COVID is it's a, it's a virus that infects the lining of the blood vessels. And with that, it causes inflammation within the blood vessels, which leads to clot formation, both on the artery side and vein side. This is where we have seen literally disasters happen where big clots form in the lungs, big clots form inside the heart arteries or inside the heart cavities, especially in patients who do have heart disease that are very predisposed for that. So that's the biggest worry. Secondly, the virus can infect the heart itself and the lining around the heart and can cause significant problems with weakening of the heart muscle and heart failure. And we call that perimyocarditis in medical terms. So uh, this is one of those diagnoses that can lead to problems and requires hospitalization. These are the two big ones. Of course, there are a large number of things that it can cause the cardiovascular system, but these are the life-threatening ones. Again with us this morning, Dr. Alitra and Dr. Saad with St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, cardiologist here in Rutherford County. So getting back to the basics of the heart, heart disease is one of those big killers, it seems like, for Americans. How badly are we seeing an increase of heart disease or are we seeing a decrease right now in heart disease? So uh, heart disease, you know, also it's a very large topic. You know, one of the major leading uh, cause of mortality and morbidity in over the world, especially in the U.S. and uh, Western countries. And uh, so uh, we've been facing this uh, you know, disease for many years, for like over fifth, uh, five or six decades. And uh, over the last 40 or 50 years, we had uh, 
lot of uh, developments and a lot of uh, success in reducing the mortality from cardiovascular disease, but we're still, it's still the leading major uh, uh, cause of uh, death. So what are some of the signs or symptoms of heart disease that a patient needs to look for? So usually, and that's what we, uh, uh, majority of people like know that, you know, having chest pain, it's a major symptom. Uh, and when we talk about chest pain, uh, there are many types of chest pain. Most typical classical chest pain will be uh, pressure or tightness over the chest that can radiate or that can uh, uh, travel to the shoulder, left arm or neck and jaw. So uh, uh, especially when, you know, people start having symptoms, start having symptoms when they ex try to exert themselves. Uh, however, you know, uh, unfortunately, it's not always typical or classical. So you have atypical symptoms like chest pains that can start any time without any triggering or without any initiating factors. It can be uh, pressure. It can be also dull discomfort. Sometimes uh, uh, patients cannot describe exactly their symptoms. Equivalent to chest pain, you have also shortness of breath or dyspnea. Uh, I always tell my patients, whenever you have a new symptoms, any kind of symptoms that involve your chest or your upper upper chest, uh, especially when the symptoms come, you know, with exertion. So you, uh, uh, some people will describe, you know, I was totally fine doctor. And as soon as I start walking for 10 feet, 20 feet, I start having this discomfort that I cannot describe. These kind of symptoms, you need definitely to uh, uh, be uh, serious about it and just do more testing. I know a lot of doctors recommend annual checkups, and with an annual checkup, is that enough time to figure out if there is something serious going on, or do we need to come in every six months instead? So, uh, uh, best way to practice medicine is prevention, and uh, having a follow-up with your primary physician or your specialist is the best way to prevent, but also patient has to uh, always be uh, cautious about his own symptoms his own health so whenever he has new symptoms he needs to call his primary he needs he doesn't need to he should not wait for his uh, follow-up however having uh, uh, you know uh, as we sp uh, we're talking about prevention so part of the prevention is to make sure you know your blood pressure your vitals are good your blood sugar is good your cholesterol is good so that part of uh, the workup that needs to be done every year uh, like at least once or twice a year doing uh, basic lab work, including cholesterol panel, you know, including uh, routine like uh, CBC, which is a blood count and uh, uh, also uh, glucose, you know, to check for diabetes and stuff like that. So definitely seeing your, your physician, it's a great uh, uh, once a year or even twice a year. Now, some of the problems that a lot of people may have with chest pain, it may be indigestion, heartburn, or things along those lines, but things that are, I guess, food-related when you eat the wrong types of food. How closely do those types of pains, such as heartburn, mimic real heart disease-related issues? So the heart is very tricky. It's one of those situations where you hear all the time someone was a little dizzy and turns out that he had a heart attack, someone was nauseated. So the reason for that from a medical perspective is the nervous system of the heart, the nerves that transmit the uh, signals to the brain that says to the brain that something's wrong with the heart 
are very dispersed and very uh, not well organized around the heart. For that reason, the heart sends very subtle signals to the brain that something that's go is going on. And the large majority of the time, like Dr. Saud was explaining, it's usually pressure on the chest, but especially in diabetic patients and uh, patients who are not very active, it can manifest as nausea, it can manifest as dizziness, or sometimes a fainting spell, uh, shortness of breath. There are a lot of symptoms that can simulate it. And for that reason, uh, this is where the judgment of the uh, physician has to come in, in place. And uh, we take symptoms seriously. You know, of course, those symptoms are very nonspecific and they can be related to gut problems or chest problems or lung problems. This is where the physician would have to make the diagnosis. But uh, in someone who does have multiple risk factors, um, we always ask them, about similar symptoms in the past. Everybody ha manifests it differently. So if someone has manifested heart attack with nausea in the past, we have to be obviously very careful about these kinds of symptoms. So how often do you have a patient come in who may have a heart-related problem and all they know in the beginning is something's not right with my heart, but it doesn't lead to a diagnosis of heart disease it may be svt it may be you know there's just so many different things that could be wrong with the heart so how often do you have patients who have other issues but not necessarily let's say the worst heart disease so all the time i would say <laughs> all the time every single day we see that there are um, a lot of other medical conditions that simulate that and will have to be taken into account uh, our job is to kind of run through a systematic way of evaluating a patient by examining them, looking at the electrocardiogram, which is an electrical map of the heart activity. Then based on the story, the physical examination, and the basic electrocardiogram, we decide what kind of test uh, fits the patient. There are dozens of tests that could be applied in these kinds of situations, and it's up to the medical practitioner to decide which one and that obviously leads us to a diagnosis and that doesn't always lead to procedures and things the most as dr Saad said the most important aspect of this is prevention so med medications and lifestyle changes are the main focus of life extension for the patient it's not stents it's not bypasses it's not uh procedures and uh, things that people think I'm going to have something to get better. The, what will get you better is changing your entire lifestyle and taking the medications that will prevent heart problems. Again, with us this morning, Dr. Leecha and Dr. Saad from St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, and we're talking about heart health this morning. We're going to take a short break, but we'll come back in just a minute. Time right now, 8.30. We're going to pause to check on the weather and the traffic. Again, 8.30 right now. You're tuned to WGNS. Morning, so far to the traffic line down here on 840 up by Jefferson Pike. That's been backed up the last couple of days out here, not only on 840, but affecting Jefferson Pike as well, trying to get up to the interstate. Traffic's still busy out here, but it's moving right now on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check them out online at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have a huge selection of ukuleles which have become very popular in the last 
couple of years, we have one for everybody in the family, from small to large. We do guitar repairs and setups, lessons for every instrument from strings to keyboards to drums. Right here at Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. In December, Demas's will be here for 32 years. My parents started this restaurant. They wanted a place that was affordable, that people can come and be able to celebrate their special occasions or be with their family. And we have strived to keep things the same as what they have created it. We encourage you to come and try Demas's Restaurant at 1115 Northwest Broad Street at Demas's Restaurants. Hey everybody, Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year, we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. In fact, over 1 million homeowners took advantage of refinancing or buying a new home with Rocket Mortgage. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase again. And it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. With an official mortgage review from Rocket Mortgage, you'll see just how much money you could save by making a move right now. Don't look back over these next few weeks and wish that you had taken action. You could save hundreds on your mortgage payments or pay off your home loan earlier than planned. You could even take cash out of your home to pay off high-interest debt, complete home repairs, or bulk up on an emergency fund. When you want to secure a low rate, Rocket can. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops a high in the mid-80s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 76. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Right now that time, 8.33, you're tuned to WGNS. And this morning we're talking about heart health on WGNS. And we have guests from St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, cardiologist Dr. Leecha and Dr. Saad. And one of the items that we mentioned right before the break were medications and, and different medications that are going to benefit the heart. And I know in this day and age, it seems like so many people are afraid to take medications. But the medications for the heart, kind of go over those and how are these good for us and and should there be a fear by the patient so uh, you know when we talk about medications there are a lot of uh, different families of medications so um, and it's specific to each disease so i'm gonna just mention like the main main uh, uh, so everybody uh, heard about aspirin it's a what we call it like a blood center medicine aspirin is very common it's over the counter it's very cheap and it, it all the studies show that it protects from heart disease from heart attacks from strokes uh, and there is no reason not to take it in specific con- uh, conditions so um, a few years ago we used to uh, use aspirin for everyone now we have specific guidelines for so you cannot take aspirin unless you have heart disease, you had stents, you had bypass, you had a stroke, or for some very high risk patient with diabetes because also aspirin has side effects like bleeding or other stuff. Uh, other uh, medication, blood pressure medication, and you have m- 
big families of blood pressure medications. Some are specific after heart attacks, some are specific uh, uh, for kidney disease, for diabetes. Uh, you have cholesterol medicines, statins, and newer medicine, also very, very protective, uh, and all studies show that the benefit of this medicine. Uh, when uh, everyone has fear to take medicine, because you know medication can have side effects, uh, and uh, some people are afraid of uh, being addicted to medication, uh, so our our role as physicians and providers to make sure we we prescribe the right medicine and the right specific uh, and to uh, try to inform our patient ob about like side effects that can happen and why it's so important to be compliant with the medications because you know uh, in some conditions if you don't take your medication you're uh, you'll be in bigger trouble so uh, that's why we try, we spent half of our, uh, you know, phys uh, interview with uh, a patient just talking about medication more than talking about anything else because it's a scary idea to be addicted to a new, new kind of medicine every day for, for, for the rest of your life. It seems like one of the big fears with blood pressure medication especially is patients are afraid that they're going to become overly tired when taking it. Is that a feeling that eventually wears off or does that stick around for the lifetime of however long you're taking the medication? So whenever, whenever you start any blood, new blood pressure medication, if that's the, your first blood pressure medication, we always inform our patient to, uh, to take their blood pressure every single day to get them really involved in, in their management, you know, their, uh, uh, so whenever the patient feels, you know, I'm taking my blood pressure for next two weeks every single day and reporting it, that may reduce some of the side effects. However, if patient starts to have, uh, to feel tired or fatigued because his blood pressure is too low, that's why he needs to call his provider, his primary, his specialist, and we try to reduce the dosage to, at some point, you know, uh, the body will get adjusted to the new medicine, new blood pressure, and the new blood pressure level. And fatigue, if it's related to medication itself, it should subside in a couple of, in few days to few weeks. If it doesn't, that should be a problem. We have to readjust his medic uh, medicine. So are most of the issues related to blood pressure, are, are those hereditary or are a lot of them lifestyle and hereditary? W what are we looking at? So obviously this is a massive problem that faces the entire world and it's increasing, unfortunately. Um, I would say if whoever is going to find out what is the one reason for high blood pressure is probably going to win the Nobel Prize. It's just one of those multifactorial, meaning related to a, a lot of genes, a lot of lifestyle uh, factors, and a lot of medical conditions. Uh, long story short, High blood pressure is a condition where the pressure inside the blood vessels is elevated due to a combination of the fact that the vessels are too spasmed and too stiff and the heart is kind of overly active within that, um, in that kind of context. Now, what drives high blood pressure from a lifestyle perspective, sedentary lifestyle, lack of exercise, it has been very, very clear through thousands of studies that um, activity, even if you don't lose weight, just the fact of staying active, you activate the entire metabolism and the you stimulate the hormones and the 
you reduce the inflammatory markers that lead to plaque development in the heart arteries. So that's one. Number two is obviously diet. Diet, when it comes to processed food, all these chemicals that you see, you know, in small little letters um, in your everyday kind of grocery shopping, nobody knows what these things do. And in order to study each one of these chemicals separately, you would require thousands of patients and all that. So uh, we are literally poisoning ourselves with fast food and processed food that um, is definitely one of the reasons why heart disease and the heart risk factors are going up lately. Um, in terms of the diet that will prevent or help reduce blood pressure, green vegetables. Basically, if there is one thing you want to change in your life is if you want to increase the intake of green vegetables, they have tons of um, um, uh, chemicals that will naturally increase something called nitric oxide, which is a gas made by our own cells that will dilate the blood vessels and minimize inflammation. Other things that we typically follow the Mediterranean diet with extra virgin olive oil, a lot of seafood, a lot of tree nuts, and uh, increasing fiber intake and minimizing sugar, which is the biggest enemy of the heart. So these are all things that would be positive for maybe a family to do together, start eating healthier for one. Growing your own vegetables, I guess, would be another Absolutely. idea. Uh, but what are some other things that a family can do, I guess, as a whole, so that they're all on the same page? So one of the things I, I applied in my own family, I have two boys and they're all about superheroes and they're five and seven. So one of the motivators that I use is being strong and fast. And, and one of those things when we associate that, if you eat that little broccoli with some olive oil and a little bit of salt, it's crunchy, it's delicious, and it's a nice snack. You're going to be stronger, you're going to be faster, you're going to grow up so much better. And those are things that in, you know, kids' language, the, this is the stuff they understand. Uh, <clears throat> why not more ice cream? Well, it's going to well, it's going to make you weaker tomorrow. You'll be <laughs> much less fast. You're going to be tired. You won't be able to play as much as you can. So, things like that will very simple, very basic. <clears throat> and there are a lot of ideas that will can be applied in everyday life, especially with little kids and all the processed food around them. How big of a role do processed foods, fast food, all of those things, fried foods, how big of a role do those play in just, I guess, depleting us of energy as opposed to giving us energy? A massive role. I would say, you know, probably 80% of of that is related to the diet. It, you are what you eat, basically. There's, uh, It's very, very simple. If you eat bars all the time and canned food and processed chemicals, your body is not made to process all of that and it's struggling with it all the time. It is a very simple and basic concept. Organic, basic, or, um, whole foods are the reason why um, people that are in different parts of the world who have not been exposed to the Western uh, cultures survive 20, 30, 40 years longer than our own populations, even 
honestly, if they don't see a doctor, not that we recommend them not to see a doctor, but it's the lifestyle by itself that is the main reason why uh, people enjoy a good quality of life without aches and pains and without um, degenerative diseases. So food plays, I guess, a huge role in our heart health. I mean, overall, it plays a huge role in everything about our health, but the heart specifically, eating the proper foods, it sounds like makes a huge difference. Yeah, of course. You know, if you, you can see, Dr. Lisha mentioned about some parts of the world who are not exposed to fast food and stuff, but also there are other parts of the world who were never exposed before and they get used now to the newer Western life, you know, with fast food, you know, without mentioning any any chains here. And we, we saw over the last uh, 20 to 30 years a huge amount of increase in uh, cardiovascular disease and mortality and obesity. Obesity plays a major role uh, in addition to sedentary life and not being uh, uh, active. So uh, fast food, uh, uh, so I, I'm just gonna, uh, Dr. Lisha mentioned he had two boys. Also, I have two boys, almost same age, and they love fast food. So on our way to Nashville, you know, or on our way, uh, uh, they, they see all the chains uh, and they wanna, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, go and just get some f- uh, fast food. So we, we made a deal, you know, my wife, me, and the kids, you know, you're going to have fast food maybe once a month as a treat if you really behave very well. And and for now, they don't ask about fast food anymore. They know that they're going to get it once a month or once every two weeks. And, you know, it's very limited portion. You know, it's not a huge. Uh, so that's I think that's a habit you can build with your fa- in your family and your with your kids uh, to treat them while they were still kids, you know, not to be exposed to uh, bad habits or bad uh, bad food. In addition, you know, we, we made the uh, deal, you know, to do access to exercise almost every day, especially when COVID hit us, you know, and we couldn't uh, get, get out. So we, 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 were, we managed to exercise as a whole family. So you can, I have pictures of my boards, uh, uh, you know, uh, having dumbbells in their hands and doing some yoga session with their mom. It's funny, but at the same time, you know, it's one way to uh, act healthy as a family, uh, as a whole family. When looking back in years past, let's say 30 years ago, was there a huge difference that could really be marked as far as there was this much less heart disease in America or worldwide as compared to today's times? I would say the biggest difference is the amount of sugar in our food. This has massively increased over the last three decades. And this, you know, obviously heart disease started peaking in the United States in the early 80s, late 70s. And uh, from there on, it's just on a rise. And we have not been, unfortunately, able to hold that despite all the medical advances that we have just because of the lifestyle issues that we're talking about. You can take all the medicines in the world, but if you're not going to take care of yourself, heart disease is not 100% preventable with medicines only. It's a way of life. So uh, I would say sugar has been the main thing and through soft drinks and through juices, mostly, this is where the you know, misconception of a healthy, fruity drink 
um, uh, you know, uh, is is actually not healthy for your heart. Uh, basically, if there's one thing you want to change in your life, you eliminate sugar from your life and you add more green vegetables. So that, uh, along with, you know, getting more exercise, walking more, I guess just playing outside more, things like that make a huge difference in your life overall, not only for the heart, but really everything. Absolutely. So if somebody out there listening is wondering, you know, how often I should go to the doctor, and I know we mentioned, you know, annual annual checkups, and in some cases, folks should go twice a year, but the average person out there listening, at what age should they start considering going to the doctor twice a year for a checkup? Well, uh, honestly, I don't know if uh, there is a good answer or specific answer. I'm not sure if Dr. Lisha uh, would agree. You know, it all depends on, uh, you know, uh, how's your lifestyle, how uh, your genetics, your family history. Uh, most likely you're gonna need to start looking, going to providers or to physicians once a year when you're still, you know, young, active, you're not having any symptoms just to, to prevent stuff from happening. Once you start taking medications or you're on uh, uh, maybe, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't think there is a like really good answer here. Maybe twice a year, once around your mid forties to mid fifties. And uh, from now, the, from after mid fifties, uh, you can go as as much as you want. But you, twice a year, I think it's more than enough if everything is stable and you don't really have to to see your pay, uh, your physician more than twice a year. I don't know if Dr. Nisha agrees. No, I agree absolutely. So as we close this morning, it, it sounds like the biggest thing that you can do that's going to benefit you as a whole would be eating better and exercising. I mean, it's that simple. That simple. That's true. But the problem is most people don't do that. It is hard. It's a way of life. So in order to have a good quality of life, it's an active process. There's nothing that I can give you as a physician, a pill that will make you healthy. It's just a way of life. And it's an everyday thing. You have to think about it on every occasion. And it becomes part of who you are and how you function. And especially if you do it as a family, um, you encourage each other, and um, this is basically the root of prevention of not only heart disease, but cancer and all the other degenerative um, diseases. Again, with us this morning, Dr. Licha and Dr. Saad. And one last item as we close this morning. I know we recently had in the news uh, information about St. Thomas having a new heart specialty, I guess, surgery center, and that's going to be something that's coming up in about 12 months or so from what I understand. Yes, we're very excited about that. This is going to bring the uh, top heart surgery um, um, services to our area so people can get um, all the cardiac care that is required for them and their family here in Murfreesboro instead of traveling to other cities. And uh, we already have a very developed interventional program, meaning a program where we fix heart attacks and fix blockages in the heart, as well as electrical problem in the heart uh, without open heart surgery, which is the large majority of cases. But uh, there are still cases where you do need heart surgery. And this is where we are currently in the process of recruiting uh, very highly qualified surgeons to help us build that program and we're very very proud of that and that is exciting news and that is 
within the next 12 months or so is when this is going to open right here at St. Thomas Rutherford. So positive stuff. Absolutely. Again, with us this morning, Dr. Leacha and Dr. Saad from St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Well, thank you. We have our salute to veterans coming up next. And after that, a look at the news with CBS, followed by local news with Ron Jordan. Time right now is 8.51. Another check on the forecast comes your way next. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops a high in the mid-80s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 76. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com.